Coming up, you are going to learn from the app guy himself, Jeremy Callahan. You'll discover how to quickly prototype your app, how to decide between a native or hybrid app, and most importantly, why you need to build your online presence because if they don't know you, they can't flow you. Stay tuned. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Empower your influencer insights with the world's first real-time influencer search engine powered by machine learning. Go check out BoostInsider.com to learn more. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.co, soon to be, soon to be.com. It will all be directed to .com. But this is the podcast where you come to when you want to hear from awesome people in the app space, really, you know, doing great things because I get to grill them, ask them questions that I'm personally going through, and then get their response to that. We all collectively can grow together. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest. I've been in touch with him for quite a while, and I'm super excited to have him on. His name is Jeremy Callahan. He's the CTO and founder of Callahan & Associates. Check him out, jeremycallahan.com. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me today, Steve. Appreciate it. Jeremy, how'd you become a solo entrepreneur? That's what you called yourself, right? You still call yourself that? A what? A solopreneur? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, um, I've been, geez, as long as I can remember, now that I think about it. Like when I was a kid, I had a paper. I always just wanted money when I was young. So I was just like raking leaves. I was telling my girlfriend the other day about, I saw mistletoe in a tree and I was like, oh, I used to sell mistletoe when I was a kid. So um, yeah, that's what I do now. And uh, you know, just help clients, all different types of clients, whether they're corporate clients or kind of individual smaller businesses build apps. That's awesome. What what made you finally get into working for yourself? Because I see, you know, I'm looking at your LinkedIn page right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. I was working at a company called Rich Relevance around, I think it was 2013, and we came back from Christmas break and they laid me off. And so I did what I always would do is I started, you know, hitting the network up. And I had always done side work. And so what I decided to do was some side work while I was looking for a job. And I was really going after it hard for whatever reason, harder than I had in the past. And one day, it was around February, they, um, three of the people I was like pitching all came and said yes on the same day. And I was, and I was talking to a guy that night, my, my mentor, at the time. And I said, well, which one should I take? And he said, are you a fool? You should take all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I can't do all three of them. And he's like, you'll find a way, you know, you've had multiple jobs in the past. Why can't you do three of these things? You know, hire some people, start your own thing. It looks like you're, it's like, you're going to make more money doing that. He's like, you're going to put the same effort in either way. So you might as well just go for it. And so that's what I did, man. I just, you know, Started started with those three and it just kind of kept going on ever since. That's awesome. It's almost like you need that other person. Like I, I would have said the same thing once if you were to come to me that question, like, why can't you just take all three? But it's yeah. almost like we we kind of hold ourselves back, but other people are like, you can do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So tell me about this. Like the I know I get this question a lot too when people want to work with me from the marketing perspective, but when people come to you like 
what do they usually ask? Like, where, how do you, when they say, like, how do I get started with this? What do you usually tell them? Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, if it's, um, everybody comes with an idea, right? Everybody, I always say everybody's got a million dollar app idea. Um, especially when they find out like in a social situation, I'm a developer and app developer. Oh, I got an idea. And they start telling me, um, what normally happens though, is like a lot of people have ideas. Like you can, let's just say you're a, a fitness professional and you have a, a business that's going, those guys always come to me or somebody like that will always come to me and be like, Oh, I have an idea, you know, for a, we'll just say a photo sharing app. And I'll be like, well, what are you doing? You, you, why would you want to start that when you have this thing going on over here? Like an app could actually help your business. And so it starts with, it always starts with an idea. It starts with a conversation. And then I would say the most important step after at that point is to create a prototype to actually figure out what someone's trying to, or, and I mean, when I say a prototype, it doesn't have to be like on your phone. It could just be like a piece of paper with squares written on it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where everything gets separated out. If you and I have to meet, we have a conversation, you tell me I have an idea for that. And I say, great, put it on paper. Like a lot of the time I never hear back from the person again. They're just like, Oh, I, I think maybe they want me to do it for them. They want, mm -hmm. you know, what's like, your kind of your idea. You got to, massage it along I can help you with it but at some point that person has to take action um, with businesses it's a little different usually they have some people involved like um, maybe like a business analyst or a project manager or a product owner of some sort and they actually have an idea for something they want to build and so that's a lot easier to get started with but the same same idea if that happens prototype first what do you like to use to prototype so right now my favorite prototype tool is called ionic creator and Ionic is, um, have you heard of it? No. Oh, I have heard of Ionic. Yeah, yeah. So Ionic is um, a platform based on Angular. And these guys made a drag and drop utility nice. for uh, its Ionic creator. It just has a phone in the middle of the screen. And then it has you know, a bunch of buttons on one side. You can drag them in. Um, you can name the buttons. You can link them to other pages. And then you can actually export it. And I can send it to you and you can have it on your phone. Wow. So you can have a click-through prototype on your phone of what the, what the app would look like. Is it free or paid? So it's free, but that's only for one project. If you want multiple projects, I think it's either 19 or 20. I, I pay 29 bucks a month and I have like, I have a lot of projects on there though. So you probably have a 19 one. So you just sort of like mock certain things. You can mock certain things up and then just have something that's working. Yeah. Easy. So you're going to have a click-through nice. and... So a lot of times if I'm, um, well, I, I changed my process because I was giving away a little bit too much for free where I was actually, when I would do a proposal, I would actually go through and create all these mockups. So when I went to the proposal, I'd say, Hey, look at all this stuff I already created for you. Yeah. Um, and I'll still do that for certain clients, but if it's like someone I don't think is serious, I'm like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta like pay to play a little bit here. Right. So it yeah. varies. Yeah. I like that. The, the thing that I heard from a past, he's probably listening to this. What's up, Mike? So Mike was somebody who came to my event in, what do we just have it? I'm blanking. Oh, Santa Monica. Yeah, Santa Monica. Okay. And then he was talking about oh. like, hey, you know, as he's worked with different technology people, 
and different app creators, they were talking about like use Ionic or there's other frameworks out there, like use that or this one's better. And this is what I told Mike, Jeremy, you tell me if I'm like wrong, feel free, like be brutal with me. I said, I don't think it matters, right? Like just get something out because they spent a good amount of money already trying to develop this app. So like, I'm like, your number one problem is just picking one thing and just making it. And then if it scales, obviously, then you have a concern, but I'm always of the mindset, like, let's just I'm afraid nobody wants this thing. Like it's not going to work. And so I don't care too much about like how it's built or anything else until I know that people want this and people are actually using it. Yeah. You're, you're spot on hundred percent correct. And people should really listen to that because, you know, and, and I'm even taking it a step further now, kind of to what you're doing. I'm like, let's do some pre-marketing on like Facebook or wherever and see if there's actually interest in this thing. That's cool. Because, you know, like, why would you, yeah, like, why would you spend all this time architecting and building something that might take three to six months to get to market? And then it might, you know, there might not be a market. People might not want it. So test up front or figure out. Um, I had a guy, he wanted to do a real estate app, like an on-demand um, showing of real estate property. Uh-huh. So you go up and you would see it and like, it'd be kind of like Uber. It would send a thing out and then all the agents could come and and he was like, how much to build it? And I'm like, I don't know, dude, it's going to be at least a hundred grand. And, you know, based on what I had seen. And, and I said, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just on a real estate sign? Why don't we just put up an ad and see, and put a number on there and see if anybody actually texts to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we could actually just do live tests. So it was like, Cause it seems like a good idea to me. It seems like a good idea to him, but let's put it in the market and see what happens. So yeah. What happened? Uh, he, he didn't call me back, so we'll find out. <laughs> you still want to make it? That's the problem. Uh, again, a person that, that that was serious for a few weeks, and then they, you know, who knows? Life probably hit them with something else. I think a part of it's also like they they a part people get come to me is like, is this a good idea? And I'm like, dude, I have no idea if it's a good idea. Like people pass on Uber, like brilliant people pass on Uber who could have invested. So I have no idea. I'm not here to tell you whether it's a good idea or not. I'm not good at that. If I did, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing. Right. And I say, look, you got to get into the market and you got to test. But a part of it's also, I feel like people are going to, they've made their mind up. I'm going to build this. All right. So I'm like, look, I'm not here to stop you from building this. I'm here to help you to see if it's actually something that people want and get you the most growth that I can on a given budget. Well, I'll give you a personal story because the first app I created in 2011 was called Ballpark Waiter. And um, I was a web developer. I went to the Giants game in San Francisco and I sat in a club level and the waiter came down with the handheld and took my order. And I was like, awesome. And then they swiped my card and I thought, and then like a week later, I was in the bleachers and I was like, well, why can't I just order from my app? You know, I don't have to swipe the card. It'd be very much the Uber experience. Right. And so, you know, I was a developer and I wanted to learn mobile. So I just went in and started building it. And then I went to pitch competitions. Well, what ended up happening is you can't get into AT&T Park the, um, or whatever it is called now. The food and beverage is actually run by a third party, which oh, is no like... Way. Yeah, like Aramark or um, there's a bunch of other ones, Ovations, uh, Levy Restaurants all do the food and beverage. So it's all third party. And that third party, they're like, hey, they're sending their kids to private schools. They're flying first class. They have no incentive. They're selling beers for 20 bucks. What do they care about? (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't break through it. And then, and then there was alcohol, uh, liquor license laws related as well. But I was just like, screw it. I'm going to build the app, put it in the market. Right. And I did. 
but it never went anywhere. I mean, I can say I wasted my time, but I learned app development. Right. So I, you I, had a <laughs> secondary, yeah, goal. I love that. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. The other thing that I want to talk to you about, and we had a great conversation before we hit record. Love for you to tell it one more time. Native versus hybrid. How do you decide? Yeah. So the biggest um, factor is so when we talk about hybrid and native, first of all, so hybrid means um, you're basically programming with web, so HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and then you're using a converter like PhoneGap, and that actually makes an Android and an iOS file from one code base. Native, on the other hand, is you have to have iOS developers and you have to have Android developers. So there's more, more time. So my number one way to determine is if you look at your phone right now, of all the apps on your phone, um, how many of them, when you open them, are just websites? So they're not really doing, they're not giving you turn-by-turn directions. They're not a game. It's like a high, high-end processor. If an app is just a website, you should always use a hybrid framework. If there's anything else beyond that, like you need to use the camera, like an Instagram or something like that, or a Snapchat, then you definitely need to be a native app. Got it. And you gave a great example, like a hybrid would be like a Yelp or maybe even yeah. an Airbnb where it's just like it's pretty much the website, but you got an app out of it because that makes it a little bit easier to use. But for the most part, it's pretty much the same thing as a website. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not making any functionality like with a map or the camera or the accelerometer or anything like that. It's just basically a website. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Jeremy, what I want to get into next too is yeah. some of the the stuff that you've been going through from a business perspective too. I want to hear more about that. But before I do, I want to thank my first sponsor, BoostInsider.com. Look, if you're looking, they were part of our event and they did some phenomenal stuff. People really love the presentation. They're doing some crazy, crazy things when it comes to influencer marketing. They've got people on Tumblr, which I'm very, very fascinated by. YouTube is the obvious one. Instagram is a very obvious one too. And they're doing some really crazy stuff on there and they got some great ideas on how to, you know, they got people, clients who are spending thousands, if not millions of dollars promoting through their influencers and say that so they know what works in terms of getting your brand exposure on the specific social media channels. So if you're ready to get started and really drive some app downloads, go check them out. It is boostinsider.com. Let them know you heard it on this podcast. It is one more time, boostinsider.com. All right, Jeremy. So talk to me about, you know, I'm reading your, I'll link this up into the show notes to your 10 takeaways from 10X Growth Con, which is Grant Cardone's event. But you went last year and you wrote this blog post that I love and you talked about building a better race car. Talk to me about this philosophy. Yeah. So that was one of the guys, his name was Tom Cummings and it kind of stuck with me. And his basic idea was, in a lot of ways was if if you can build up the people around you and the people that work with you, that you'll benefit from that. So a lot of people are in very competitive modes and they're, you know, or they're a boss, like, like think of a, uh, a manager or supervisor you've had and they want you to think highly of them. You know, they, they go out of their way so that you think, Oh wow, Jeremy really knows what he's talking about. Right. Well, the most effective managers are people that get you to think highly of yourself. So if I can get you to think higher of yourself, to be like, hey, Steve, you should try to do this and this to advance yourself. I'm not worried about you taking my position. I'm actually worried about you getting better. And by doing that, I'm lifting myself up. I'm lifting the team up. And, and that's what Tom said. He's, 
He said, hey, I'm trying to build a better race car. So as the leader, I'm trying to build a better car and I'm looking for drivers. You know, I'm looking for people to drive the car. I'm not looking. That's my job. My job as the owner is to build the car and your job is to drive it and win races. That's awesome. I love that. How do you use that in your business? Well, I mean, that is like, that's like the number one thing. It's not just my business, man. It's everything. It's like everyone around me, I want them to, to believe in themselves and think higher of themselves and, and go for more. And some people don't, you don't have to like do that too, to tell them. Um, it still helps to acknowledge it, that they're doing it. But a lot of people need it. They need to, they need to know, um, especially in the workplace, like that it's okay to be themselves. You know, you have a lot of times you have people in the workplace, they're two different people. They're a person at home and they're a person in the workplace. And, and those people aren't as effective as just a person who's themselves all the time and going through. So any developer that I bring on, QA person, um, backing guys, whatever they are, is I want to get people with that same mindset. Um, and there's some people that you can't get to that mindset, so that's, they're not a good fit. But if you find people that are that mindset, then it's a lot easier to get projects done on time without any excuses, without drama, without anything else. I love that. And I love, you know, one of my good friends that I met just because of this podcast. And what I love about him is like, we just pump each other up. Like, like, dude, you're doing great. Like, oh my goodness. Like that's, have you ever thought about that? And you know, so there are times when I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm unsure of myself a little bit. But calling yeah. him and talking to him, he's always like, this is great. This is great. And we just are like cheerleaders for each other constantly. And you, you need that. You need somebody who's going to be there for you and just help you through it and just be like your biggest cheerleader in a way too. Yeah, it really helps. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's like, especially with social media and everything where people are, um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Sorry. Especially with social media, when, when you get on, you know, online and you look and like, um, it's comparing yourself to others is a really tough thing, you know, and um, even if you are aware to not do it, it's still hard to not do it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so when you start comparing yourself to others, you're never going to live up. I mean, I'll tell you, man, like when I see you post a video or I see some of these other guys that I follow that are kind of in a similar space, but I'm like, I'm not working hard enough. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> And then my girlfriend will be like, are you freaking nuts? You've got like 10 things going at a time. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not doing everything I want to do. So it does help to, to find similar people. That was why that event was so great because, you know, all the people were from different backgrounds, like job-wise and stuff, mm -hmm. but everybody kind of has that same mindset. So it's really helpful to get around people like that. I like that, man. I like that a lot. The other thing I want to talk to you about is this Victor Antonio, like you said, if you're doing sales to sales yourself, you got to watch this video. You said, what did you, you threw out a finished presentation, complete reworked it. Like, what did you learn from his talk? I learned that he, he called the value Trinity and I forget exactly what the three are offhand, but basically what it was is um, increasing sales, decreasing costs or decreasing manpower. We'll just say it was those three. Okay. It might've been something else. Yep. And, and what he said is when you present, so he said the average software sales cycle takes, um, like if you're selling software, like Salesforce or something, it has to go through six people, average. So it might have to go through 10 or 12 sometimes. And say it's six, of those six, each one has a different value trinity. The CTO might want to cut costs and do the cheaper. The 
the, the marketing person might want to increase leads. So you have to tailor to each person. And that's exactly what I did in that presentation. I, I realized I had like this blanket presentation that didn't account for the three people that were in the room. Got it. No, I like the way, and even thinking it from my perspective, doing proposals as well. I don't actually do proposals. I just send out the same stuff. But I, I tend right. to think like the people I'm working with, usually they're, they're the decision maker, right? And so I have to, yeah. like what you said, either get more sales, increase my prices, or just cut the the hours needed to execute on the things I need to execute for clients. And that was a big learning point for me in 2017 because I started hiring some people. I ran into like, I was like, holy shit, I'm in debt now because I just went to try to hire too much. And so it was like, well, you know what? If I kept sales flat, and that's my big goal for 2018 was like, hey, if I kept sales just as 2017, but I cut everything else, dude, that's a lot better. And that was my end goal coming into 2018. Like, let's just keep sales steady, but let's cut all the middle crap and let's really charge based on value. So it doesn't really take me too much time to work on a client, but at the same time, like, you know. We're making what well, that was, more that was kind of just to pile on. The other thing that really stuck with me um, was that are you the decision, like actually determining if the person is the decision maker? Because yeah. I could go in and do a proposal to somebody, you know, to two people. Like I, on that exact same one, I did the proposal to the two people, and I said, "Well, how does it look? Is there anything? You know, are you are you ready to do this?" And they're like, uh, "I was like, wait, are you guys even the ones that are making the decision?" I asked it much more tactfully. Yeah, that. and they go. Oh no, we have to put this up to the CTO or the CEO. And I was like, I literally just wasted a week's worth of time because I didn't ask a question in the beginning. Like, are you the person making the decision on this? You know, or what's, and if you're not, what's, am I just pitching to you and then you're going to pitch it up the line? You know, so uh, not making that mistake again. The last thing I want to talk about too is also about you wanting to do more content. You know, you said, Hey, I want to do more videos. I got to do more videos. Tell me about why. Why doing more videos? And then, you know, yeah, tell me about what's going on in your head. Well, we talked about this earlier. If, if yeah. they don't know you, they can't flow you, uh, as my current mentor, uh, Hank Norman says. So if you, um, the, 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 the point of the videos and the content is if somehow, well, it's, there's two things, really. One, you can just possibly find us through social channels. Right. And then the other thing is, is once somebody does find you or you give a business card or you meet somebody and you're saying, hey, I'm a potential app developer for you and they're interested and they come to your site. Everybody's got a portfolio. Everybody's got, you know, previous work projects in an about balcony page. Some people might have a video, but man, you got a podcast, you got videos. So I can actually go on and catch your personality. Right. And I can see what you're passionate about and I can see what it's going to be like to work with you. So when I actually first talked to you, like on the, the, the Internet, how we talked last last time, I was like, I feel I know you. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, good to meet you finally. But I feel as though I know you. And I think when people people want to do business with their friends, they want to do people things they can trust. And, you know, you can't just read somebody's website and trust them. Uh, maybe if they have a blog, you could you can get a better idea of their personality. But a video, a podcast, you're going to know what it is. And so that's why I want to just get more content out there to people. Yeah, I love it. I think the I made a big emphasis on video last year, 2017. And I have definitely seen in terms of sales, like conversion rates, that has definitely been a key driver in terms of like people like watching the videos and they know about me a little bit and then it becomes easier for the sale. 
to actually take place. Like it is making a huge difference. And I've actually used that philosophy because you told me during our interview on your YouTube channel, you talked about that. And I was like, after our event, you know, when I, I have this like weird philosophy on these events, not or perspective on these events. Sometimes I'm like, I hate it. Like right before I'm about to do it, do it host one. I was like, oh, but why am I doing this? This is like not, a, I can make way more money just doing it digitally. This is so stupid. Are enough people going to show up? Blah, blah, blah. Like all these negative thoughts up here and I do it. Yeah. And I love it. And then people give me some great feedback. And then really, literally like the day after, maybe two days after, because the day after I'm like spent, but I start thinking about it again. I'm like, oh, how could I have made that better? And how could I do this? Oh, next time I want to do this. And then and I start thinking about it again. And I, and as I was showering, Jeremy, I was thinking about what you said. And I was like, Oh, you know what? This is because of the brand like YouTube, you can know me digitally, but right. once you're in person, that's a whole nother barrier that I just broke. And I truly believe in my event format. And so I don't care. Like if it breaks even or if it makes a little bit of money, then great. But the brand building and everything I'm going to get out of it because of the event, that's going to be tremendous. And there's no, like you can't put a ROI on that because it's just going to be so huge. So that what you just said, like really helped me in terms of thinking like, okay, this is what this event is about. It's like brand building in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you. Um, I, um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you make these videos and stuff for everybody out there listening, it's like you, what it, if number one is you got to relax and the easiest way to relax is just consider what if no, if just say no one's ever going to listen to this. And then the other side of the equation is I'm going to tell you straight up is probably no one's going to listen to it. So, <laughs> um, but don't let that, like, if, like a lot of people are like, well, I posted three videos, nobody watched them. So I'm out of here. It's like, it's a long play, you know, branding yourself or a product is a longer play. You need to stick with it. You need to put more content out there. The more content you put, it, it's a, somebody, I heard somebody say, the other day, it's like a bunch of small pebbles. But after you get a couple hundred, you have a boulder. So you actually have something to stand on. Yeah, I love that. And it sucks because with an event, like people are in person. So I'm always yeah. like, holy crap, I invested my time to come to this small little thing. But then people keep saying, oh, I love that there's not that many people here. And I've really got to know everybody one-on-one. And so like all these negative thoughts that are in my head are not actually true. But then especially yeah. with when I started v- doing videos, podcasts, like nobody's going to know how many downloads you have. Like it's nothing. Like it's a black box, right? But with video, like everybody sees the views and everybody sees your subscribers. Right. I'm like, what the heck? You know, like, and your negative thoughts start rolling in your head after that. Yeah. My daughter's, uh, or, or uh, my, my girlfriend's son has more followers than I do on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? You just got to keep doing it. I love it, man. Right. <laughs> so what's been your philosophy in terms of, this is just selfish question for me, creating yeah. a video. Like is, do you have a scheduled topics that you want to talk about? How do you work through that? What videos to create? Cause I run into that problem all the time. Dude, I struggle so hard with it. So like I do a Facebook live every Tuesday night and every Tuesday night at five 30 at about five 15, I'm like, screw it. I'm not doing it. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And that's sometimes I have a list of things to talk about. So, um, it's hard to come up with topics for, for longer form. So there's really two, two main things I'm trying to do. Um, one is short form videos, which are just like a minute to two minutes, catch somebody's attention, have an opinion of something you need a hybrid app, you know, whatever it is. Um, then there's the longer form, which are the podcasts, which are like 20 minutes, you know, plus, and the Facebook lives, which are 20 minutes plus. So, um, 
I don't know, man. It's just hard to come up with topics and stuff. I think that I view, like when I look at you, I'm like, I could see topics for days. Now, maybe that's because you have topics for days because I've seen all your videos and everything. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, let's talk about um, let's talk about influencer marketing on Instagram. Let's do Facebook. You know, we could, we got 10 different videos here or whatever. With me, I'm like, I've got like six topics and I did them all already. So, um, but I, I think for anybody out there, it's like when you look at your business, sometimes you don't see what all the things are. You don't see how interesting it is. You know what I mean? Like I don't see my job as interesting. I go to an office, I sit in front of a computer and I code. I don't see that as interesting. Um, I know a guy who makes commercials for ABC, like for like dancing with the stars and stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. I'd love to follow you to work and like videotape what you're, he's like, dude, it's so boring. I sit in front of a computer all day. I'm like, <laughs> what about now? You don't. So, <laughs> I think it's a way of getting interesting content to people is the struggle with me, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, the way I do it is I have these days where I just do client calls and then it's usually what clients ask me. Like, hey, and that becomes a topic. Like, And for you, like, I think native versus hybrid, I, that was like a big takeaway for me that you yeah. brought up. I was like, oh, that's a great, that's a great answer, Jeremy. Like, I'm so glad you said that. And so I think that's how I kind of figured out. And there are days when I'm just like, I have nothing to talk about. And so I'm just going to, or I'll test certain things. I'm like, hey, I just tested this, this worked. Because I'm always, the thing that holds me back is I don't want to talk about anything that I don't know, or I don't have data to back it up. So I'm always right. reluctant to share things that, and I'll just make it known, like, hey, I have no data on this. This is where I'm, my gut is feeling. And certain people have said, hey, you're, you know, like, that was good. Like, even though you just spoke with the gut, like, that was good. So it's prompted me to do a little bit more gut videos rather than just, like, data videos. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, the guys um, that I work with, the guy Hank Norman and stuff, they're just, like, they're just, like, get shit out there. You know what I mean? Put it out there. Um, doesn't have to be perfect. It, you know, it's the fact that you're actually doing it is a, a learning process you know you're you're basically showing people live what you're doing yeah so. that, Jeremy. that's awesome anything else you want to cover or anything i miss uh no man i mean it was it was always good to chat with you um you know would love to come to one of your events hopefully it'll work out the stars will align with that i'm not launching an app in the middle of it next time well we're both in the bay area so i'm yeah. going to be planning a few things around gdc so i'll, I'll definitely let you know when that's Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me know when you're in the city and we'll grab a drink or something. Sweet, brother. Well, Jeremy, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. What is one app we should definitely check out? Well, my favorite app, the one that's got me going right now is this Willow. It's a, it's just a real estate app. And uh, I love looking at real estate. And in particular, I've been looking at properties up in uh, Truckee area, up in uh, North Lake Tahoe. Nice. And so it's great. I can go in and drill in and look at neighborhoods, look through all the properties and probably the way they're getting me the most, you'll be interested in this is they send me an email every day of the newest properties on there. And so they're probably getting me to click into that app at least three, four times a week because I see a new property and I want to see the photos of it. So, and the details. Did you say Zillow? Zillow, Z-W-I-L-L. -L okay. Or something. That's what I thought. I thought yeah. you said Willow. And when you first brought it up, but no, yeah, I, Zillow, it, obviously everyone knows that. My friend calls it Zillow and I call it Zillow. I think it's Willow. So, okay. Yeah, Z I L L O W, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So check it out. If you're looking for a house, you know, or you're just driving down the street. Some it's great. We were in um, 
we were in Hawaii last week and we saw like a house for sale. We're like, how much are these houses on the beach? And then it shows you all the lots and all the past sales. You're like, oh, they're not that expensive. Oh, really? <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, they're cheaper than the area. <laughs> <laughs> What's the main takeaway that you want the audience to leave with? Well, it's that, you know, if you have an idea for, for an app is to take some action towards it. So, um, whether that's a prototype, whether it's some sort of pre-marketing, testing a market or whatever, you know, don't sit around and wait for some, wait for it to be created in a year from now. See if there's actually something there. If you have a dream, you know, of an app or, or some sort of it, it, whatever, just go after it. Don't sit around and not take action, you know, go for it. Love it. And make some content, build your brand up. It is. Well, what, let's talk about that too. Yeah. yeah. Get yourself out there. So I know who you are and know what you do. Yeah. They don't know you. They can't flow you. What does flow mean That's anyways? Right. You know, everybody knows you now because you're, you're, you're creating the community. I love that. I love that. And if the audience wants to learn more about you, Jeremy, and your products, your services, where else do you want to send them besides jeremycallahan.com? Well, jeremycallahan.com is the main spot, but I'm everywhere, man. I'm on YouTube. I would love it if you actually went to my YouTube channel. You can get to it through uh, my website, or you can just search me probably on YouTube, Jeremy Callahan. And I would love for you to watch my videos, to comment on my videos. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on all of them. I'm on Facebook. I'm real active on social media. But uh, my best content is the videos I put on my YouTube channel. I put the podcast there. I put the Facebook Lives there. And I just put a bunch of... Uh, neat little videos that might inspire you. Yeah. You got to check out our video that we created too. I'm going to link up your channel on yep. YouTube onto the show notes, but check out the video that we created on Jeremy's channel as well. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on doing this. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.